You're listening to Bad Trip, the true crime and other weird shit podcast where two sisters take you on a wild ride through some of the world's most fucked up places. Each episode, we journey to a new location and explore its sordid past, creepiest urban legends, and landmarks you won't find in the guidebooks. So buckle up, because it's about to be a bad trip. We interrupt this program because the civil authorities have issued a contagious disease warning. Now we're one. Where is your emergency? The U.S. Navy has finally acknowledged that videos appearing to show UFOs flying through the air are real. Initially, many thought the pops they heard uh, were fireworks associated with the show, but soon it became obvious that this was an attack. Testing, testing, testing. Testing, testing, testing. I made it out of clay. And when it's dry and ready, my testing I will play. With my testes I will play. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> okay. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. We are here for episode 23 in Oregon. Hey, and my voice is mostly back. Yeah, still a little crackling, but puberty is mostly over. Yeah, I think I'm I'm probably like 15 now, 16. How exciting. You got your license. Uh, yeah, so I got my driver's license last week. Cut that out. <laughs> no, Cut that out. no, I will not. It's a song. I will not. Anyway, this is Shauna. Oh, hi. This is Taylor. Welcome to our wacky world. Our wacky world of podcasting. Yeah. This is Bad Trip. True crime comedy. We think we're funny podcast. We think we're funny. Yeah. So we're back for the second week in Oregon. Last week, we gave you some background on Oregon and some crazy familicide stories. So go check that out if you haven't. And this week, we're back with some little shorter stories for you. We got our detour episode. Yes. So Tay's going to go first. But before we get started, I'm going to give us a little disclaimer because people be tripping. Yeah. So if you're someone who's into like super serious podcasts, this is not for you. That's fine. We're going to make dumb jokes and, you know, get off topic a little bit. So that's just who we are. We're going to hate on the patriarchy, etc. Yeah, that's kind of our jam. So you ready? Super ready. Okay, here I go again. I'm Taylor. Can you tell? I wonder if people can tell us apart well. I can barely tell us apart sometimes. Really? Like I can, but. So, well, I guess like little words. Sometimes I'm like, if I'm like editing it, I have to think, oh, based on the order, I think that was Shauna. Yeah. Just, you know, whatever. Okay. Anyways. Well, when my voice sounds like this, you can tell me apart. So maybe I should just be sick forever. You should be. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So for my detour, we're talking about Jane Annie Doe. Okay. On August 18th, 1971, a man and his son were traveling through Oregon. They stopped along Redwood Highway in Josephine County to spend the night. And Josephine County is on the way bottom of Oregon, just across the border from California and not too far from the coast. Okay, cool. So the next morning, the men were mushroom hunting and I'm like, shrooms, shrooms, like shrooms. Uh, I actually, I didn't get into this in the intro because I was sick and didn't want to talk too much, but mushroom hunting is a really big thing in Oregon. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. They even have like a mushroom hunting festival and it's like, you know, it's edible mushrooms, not like shrooms, but I'm sure they have those too. Yeah. Okay. That's exciting. Ooh. 
Okay, so yeah, they were mushroom hunting in the nearby woods, which is when they came across scattered skeletal remains partially covered in debris. Ugh, what kind of debris? I mean, just like sticks and like leaves. And oh, shit. Okay, not like stuff. Not like trash and like a couch or anything. I don't think that's debris. <laughs> Good Lord. A couch cushion? I don't know. So they called police and the investigation to find out whose remains had been found began. Dun, dun, dun. So remember, that was in 71. Okay. The examination that was conducted revealed several clues and characteristics. The remains were from a young female. Oh. Her teeth were a bit crooked and her front teeth were buck teeth that also protruded slightly. And Same. I'm like, that's literally our front teeth. Especially mine. It runs in the fam. It's the Lombardo teeth. I mean, they don't like stick out of our mouths when our mouths are closed. But no, we're not like, you know, but they're oversized. They're quite big. <laughs> Which, you know what, I'm okay with. I don't want little chiclet teeth. Those freak me out, too. Yeah, it's like I need to be able to bite into something. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's like I'm a wildebeest. (laughs) I don't know what a wildebeest is. I don't know why I said that. It's like I have to play with Aspen and hold her toys in my mouth, too. That's a true story. Taylor's done that multiple times. It's really upsetting. I think you've told it. And I'm like, why did I bring that up again? Anyways, back to the tragic tale at hand. Here we go. Back at it. She had amalgam fillings in four of her molars. So I looked these up because I was like, don't know what that is. And they're fillings for like cavities. But 50% of them is made out of liquid mercury. What? Yes. And that was just a thing back then? Common. Yeah. It's not a thing anymore, right? No, 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 no. (laughs) I, I don't think so. I mean, I guess maybe I would just assume no. I would assume not in the U.S. The greatest country on earth. America. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Don't don't at me. Yeah, seriously, we're joking. Based on the development of her third molar, it's likely she was between the ages of 14 and 22. Okay, so young, but maybe an adult. Yeah. Her hair was natural auburn to reddish brown with blonde dyed highlights. So some hair was actually found. They didn't just like guess that. Okay. There was still hair remaining. DNA analysis revealed she may have had brown eyes. And based on the measurements of the remains, she was believed to be between 5'2 and 5'9 and about 125 pounds. Okay, that's like a very wide range of height and a very specific weight. Yeah, it is. It's like seven inches difference, but they're like, she definitely weighed 125 pounds. A thousand percent. No, no error. Anyway, that's interesting to me. I'm like, how do you come up with that? But anyway, I mean, we're not scientists. It's bones. It's bones, baby. I know. But like, I'm like, bones indicate your height. They don't indicate your weight maybe in the 70s they had a great system for it yeah that's true we all know the 70s were way more advanced they were so technologically advanced all right so she was also found in clothing so i'm gonna tell you about her clothes okay and this is like the best 70s outfit there were blue wrangler jeans size 13 to 14 and i have to point out that in one of the articles i read it said Size 13 to 14, typically for a slim, skinny person. Oh, yeah. The sizes were very different back then. Yeah, sizes were different. So, you know, maybe they guessed her weight based on her clothes. Yeah, that makes sense. I think um, people are always like, oh, Marilyn Monroe was like a size 14. And it's like, yeah, and that was like the equivalent of a size like four. Right. Yeah. So it's not exactly the same, but do you, boo. There was a turtleneck sweater that was tan or beige in color with a zipper in the back. Dark brown slip-on shoes with gold buckles that were a size eight and a half. A checkered houndstooth coat with a pink and brown belt and reddish brown buttons. A white lovable brand bra, size 34B. 
and purple, blue, and white striped underwear. She sounds very stylish. I know. I'm like loving this outfit. Very 70s. She was also found with two unique pieces of jewelry, a silver sterling ring with the letters M.H. stamped into it. Oh, okay. A quote I read in one of the articles on unidentified Wikia said, this ring is considered a friendship band or a pre-engagement band. Oh, so maybe it was her lover's or best friend's initials. Yeah, interesting. And then she also had a mother of pearl stone ring with the silver braid and the letters AL scratched into the stone. Oh, wow. Not like professionally. Um, Actually, if you want to look at the photo, there's some pictures of the stuff. Okay, cool. And if you guys want to see these photos for yourself, you can check them out on our website, badtrippod.com. We have an episode guide there. Or you can go to our Instagram at badtrippod. And we also have all our sources where we got this information, etc. Etc. Ooh, that made me think of, um. oh, what's the movie? split Ugh. i don't remember i mean i remember the movie but what does that have to do with etc hedwig is that his name the little eight like eight-year-old boy is it like hedwig or something how do you remember and i don't remember anything from any movies ever oh my gosh because he's so cute and he's like um he always says etc like, oh yeah 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 you're right now that you really said funny. it like that yeah oh that movie is actually good i don't even like movies oh it's so good though oh okay so now i'm looking at the jewelry and there's also a picture of the button on her coat Okay, so the first one is the Mother of Pearl ring. It's really beautiful, but it does have AL scratched on it, and it looks like someone just used, like, you know, a key or, like, something. It's, like, harshly scratched on the surface. Yeah, like, maybe they used, like, a nail or something because it's just, like, a, it's just jagged, you know? Yeah, yeah, probably not a key. That would be too big, but I don't know, whatever. I'm no expert on Mother of Pearl. You're not? (laughs) And then the coat, I mean, it's basically what you described, And then there's not a picture of the other ring, but there is a picture of her shoes, which are very sensible. I just think they're so cute. They're like brown. I don't know. They look like you'd wear them to work, but they they are cute. They're so cute. Okay. So that's her style. She's very styling. I already said that, but I stand by it. She's styling. At the time, allegedly, sheriff's investigators did all they could to identify who the remains belonged to the cause and manner of death, and how the remains ended up in Josephine County. Look, I'm just saying if you did everything you possibly could, you have two sets of initials. Come on. Right. I'm like, you didn't probably do that. but Not that they had like the internet to like blast out on Facebook or whatever. Well, that's true. Still. Apparently, they, quote, exhausted all their leads. So the case was deemed inactive and her remains were placed in storage at the sheriff's office warehouse listed as Jane Doe, Josephine County, 71940. So she just turned into a box and a number. Oh, that's so sad. And that happens all the time. All the time. In August of 2004, though, cold case detectives brought the case back to light because forensic science had progressed enough to allow investigators to put a face on their Jane Doe. Ooh, okay. Oh, I actually wanted to ask something, too. Yeah. You didn't mention anything about, like, cause of death. So they didn't have any information about that? No, they didn't say anything. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so now they have more information. They could, like, reconstruct her face a little better with DNA? Mm-hmm. Okay. Forensic artist and Clackamas County Sheriff's Deputy Joyce Nagy. Sorry, Clackamas? Clackamas. That's a county? Yeah. I like that. Clackamas County Sheriff's Deputy. I don't know why I did that. Joyce Nagy? Nagy? N-A-G-Y. Look her up. Created a clay facial reconstruction, renaming her Jane Annie Doe. Quote, as she felt the likeness she created displayed features inspiring the name Annie. So she just like 
recreated her and then was like, this bee is an Annie. She looks like an Annie. Yeah, that's cute. The image of the reconstruction was distributed across the nation, resulting in several leads that kept the case active for several more years. Okay. But alas, nothing concrete came out of it. Damn. And this was the early 2000s, you said? 2004. And if you want to look at the photo, you can see the clay reconstruction that she made. Shauna's eyes are so big. She's just like looking back and forth at me and the computer. It was a valiant effort, but it's a little scary if I'm being honest. But what are you supposed to do? Make like a gorgeous like David statue? No, give her. What's a Oh, <laughs> what's like a my, David? I was like, what's a David? Um, Dear David statue. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm like they could have given her some eyebrows. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's true. Um, No, but they put her in a pink coat, like the one she was found in, and a turtleneck. So she's wearing, you know, similar to the outfit she would have been wearing. Mm -hmm. And she has, like, long auburn hair, just like she's supposed to. The wig is very cheap. They did forget the blonde streaks, so. That's true, they did. But, yeah, she's very distinctive looking. She looks very, like, I would say Eastern European. And I have nothing to back that up. That's just what I feel. (laughs) It's your inner ancestry.com coming out. Yeah. Yeah, so and then there's also a sketch also by Joyce and um, it's a little more detailed with like the hair and stuff. And she actually did give her eyebrows. So I appreciate that. Maybe they ran out of the coloring for the eyebrows and she was like, this is fine. Yeah, that seems fair. (laughs) So years later in 2016, forensic isotope analysis was done on Jane Annie Doe's hair, teeth and bones. Wow. So like every time they come out with a you know, a lot more science. They're like, let's try again, which I at least appreciate that. That's great. They, honestly, they should do that with every case. Yeah. It's like use taxpayer dollars for that. How about that? How about that? Yeah. This indicated she was most likely from the northeast portion of the U.S. and migrated along the northern U.S. to the Pacific Northwest. OK. A new forensic drawing was made of her as well, which was published nationwide, specifically in the New England states, because that's where they thought she came from. OK. And that's based on like what they found in her in her like hair and yeah because they can do some testing where they can find like different nutrients and maybe chemicals and stuff like that stuff that's present in certain climates or whatever yes yeah in like geographical areas they know that if you have this in your system you don't come from these areas that's so interesting that they can do that yeah i mean you know it's not always right but it definitely gives them a better idea yeah at least gives you a starting point or a lead yeah They thought they had found their missing girl from a lead that came from Massachusetts. Oh, okay. But investigators from NICMEC, which is the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, completed a DNA test and it failed to match. But they like really thought they had the missing person. Oh. In November of 2018, Sheriff's Cold Case Investigator and retired Major Crimes Unit Detective Sergeant Ken Selig. That was a big title. Sheriff's cold case investigator and retired major crimes unit detective Sergeant Ken Selig. Selig. If he's interviewed in a documentary, his lower thirds are going to have to be lower halves. I love that. Oh, my gosh. So this guy, he got noticed that at the request of NICMEC and the DNA Doe Project, Jane Annie Doe's DNA was submitted to the DNA Doe Project. So they were like, send her DNA over. We want to figure this out, basically. Okay. The DNA Doe Project is a nonprofit, all-volunteer organization that analyzes Jane and John Doe's DNA and compares it with GEDmatch, identifying them through their DNA cousins. Oh, wow. That's so cool. So not only are they finding, like, you know, perpetrators through GEDmatch, they're also finding victims and missing people. Yep. 
Also caught using these techniques were Joseph James D'Angelo, the Golden State Killer, Roy Charles Waller, who was convicted of 46 counts of rape in 2020, and Terry Peter Rasmussen, who murdered his girlfriend in 2002 and was the fucko who did the Bearbrook murders, also known as the Allenstown Four, in the late 70s, early 80s. Okay, that sounds familiar, but I can't think of what that is. So he murdered four people, Marlise Honeychurch, who was 24, Marie Vaughn, who was seven, an unidentified child, ages two to four, and Sarah McWaters, 11 months old. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to tell you that because that's cool. And also, if you have done like your ancestry or what's that other one? I don't like know. Like 23andMe? Yeah, 23andMe. You can make an account at GEDmatch, G-E-D match, and submit your DNA profile and like import it. And then they can use you as like an identifier to trace back to other people, which they already have your information. So just do it. Right. If you're going to give your DNA away to someone, you might as well have it used for good, too. Yeah, I did. I uploaded mine to Jedmatch like a year ago, probably. I haven't done mine, but I should. You should do it. It's easy. You just They tell you how to like export the file that you need from Ancestry. And it's just like, you know, I mean, how crazy would it be if someone came to you and was like, your third cousin is a murderer and we just used your DNA to find him? Yeah, that would be something else like my dream as long as they don't catch me (laughs) can't catch these hands (laughs) oh my gosh okay so anyways dr nikki vance was the forensic anthropologist that sent the dna in and luckily jane annie doe was eventually matched with her sister what her sister holy cow yep they established contact with her sister obtained DNA, and in March of 2019, confirmed what they thought. Oh, my God. Who was the sister? All right. So Jane Annie Doe was actually Anne Marie Lehman. Her name was actually Anne? Yes, of Aberdeen, Washington. It's wild. Her family called her Annie. Okay, that's eerie. Isn't that eerie? Ooh, I, I know, it gives me goosebumps. Wow, so she wasn't even from the East Coast. She was from Washington. Yeah, she was from Washington. So who knows why? why they thought that yeah that's why i was like it can be wrong sometimes totally. i mean science is imperfect well yeah and it and they thought that she did come from there to the pacific northwest so yeah. you know there were still traces of that stuff as well i'm like traces of what stuff i don't even know what i'm talking about <laughs> you know the stuff you know all that stuff and all the traces okay so if you want to look at our third photo slide it actually has a photo of her and the sketch of annie from nickmeck that went out most recently Oh, okay. I definitely see some similarities, like a lot of similarities, but I wouldn't immediately make the connection. Yeah, me either. Like if I knew Annie, I probably wouldn't see that and be like, oh, that's definitely Annie. But I would be like, hmm, definitely a little similar. Yeah. Plus also the sketch is like a little chubbier of a face and Annie has a really like skinny face. So I bet if they did that, it would also change things a little. Yeah. Honestly, is it just me or does Annie kind of look like Georgia Hardstark? No, she does a little. I literally thought that when I was getting the photos. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. that's the only picture that they have of her. Wow. OK. I want to go back real quick and look at the other pictures. Interesting. OK. Yeah. I mean, she has like a pretty prominent chin and um, the eyes are very different. But other than that, pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Agreed. The nose is a little smaller. Anyway. Yeah. So. Oh, poor. Poor Annie. Poor Annie. Annie, what the H? What happened? It's believed she went missing from Aberdeen in the winter of 1970 or spring of 1971 under troubling circumstances, and she was 16 at the time. 
Some say Annie was a runaway, but others feel she was abducted and traded to a human trafficking organization. Jeez. So I don't really know how they don't know exactly when she left. You know, it's like if they're talking to her sister, I'm like, was the sister not born yet? Are their parents not around anymore? Right. Like, was she really young and she didn't felt, like remember the exact date? Yeah. You know, people have different ideas of what happened. And maybe I saw something that was like, oh, her family thought she ran away. So they really don't know when she went missing because mm. she was out of the house away from them. You know? Okay. So maybe that's why it's not an exact date. Yeah. So I'm really curious why the sister or why the family never came forward in all those years, considering it was like right in the neighboring state. Yeah, I'm not really sure. And I guess she's from Washington. I'm not sure where Aberdeen is. But remember, Josephine County is in southern Oregon. So it's like as far from Washington as it can be. In yeah, Oregon. not that I'm saying, you know, but just like it wasn't like two hours away. Totally. But still, I'm like, like, how'd you not see that? I don't know. I don't know. That's wild. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's just interesting. Although I'm not trying to jump to any conclusions about her family. I don't know anything. But if she's running away, like maybe she's running away from an unhappy home. Who knows? That's true. Like maybe no one was looking for her. Yeah. So, yeah, in the end, how she ended up in Josephine County and the cause and manner of her death still remain under investigation. If anyone who hears this episode has any information on Annie Lehman from Aberdeen, Washington, you're going to want to call Detective Ken Selig or Selig. Phone number 541-474-5123. Case number 71940. Bow, bow. All right. And finally, before we get into your story, I have some bonus content. Oh, OK. I love some bonus content. All right. So when I was trying to find what I wanted to do for this detour, I was researching a bunch of different stuff. And, you know, I'm sure you do the same and just like weird shit like Oregon, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. The keyword searches I have, like, I don't know. Google probably thinks I'm insane. They're alarming. They're quite alarming. So I found this cryptid that I'm obsessed with because I went on this article and it was like, how to do a cryptid Halloween costume for like cheap, basically. Okay. So if you go to the final slide, I want you to hear about Bat Squatch. Okay. There's like a drawing of a Bat Squatch. All right. So Bat Squatch. A Bat Squatch's natural habitat is Mount St. Helens. In and Washington? Yeah. So that's like their natural habitat, but they're in Oregon. Okay. You know, they come from Mount St. Helens. Well, they had to leave because it exploded. So. Oh, yeah, true. They were like going to be demolished. Why do I always say exploded when I mean erupted? It's the same thing to me, basically. OK. You might recognize Bat Squatch from the label of Rogue's Hazy IPA of the same name. While there are many tales of Bat Squatch, the brewery writes in its description of the beer, they are all a bit hazy on the details. Ha ha ha. First spotted in the 1980s near Mount St. Helens, the elusive winged humanoid is said to resemble a flying primate with leathery black wings that span up to 50 feet. 50? Five zero? Five zero. Okay. In 1994, my birth year, the Tacoma News Tribune detailed an alleged encounter by a teenager near Buckley, Washington. But it's in Oregon, guys, I swear. According to the report, the animal had clawed feet, blue tinted fur, the face of a wolf and wings, quote, as wide as the road. Oh, my goodness. And OK, the costume components, because remember, this is like a Halloween costume thing. Bigfoot costume, parentheses, discard head, <laughs> wolf mask, bat wings and drywall stilts. 
I'm sorry. You're telling me this is supposed to be a cheap costume? Yes. There's a lot of components involved. Doesn't sound very cheap. To I know. Me. Or, or maybe it wasn't cheap. Maybe it was just like how to do a DIY. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was just DIY. But I'm gonna post the link. There were others if you guys are interested. All right. Well, I I want to hear from someone who's uh, seen a bat squatch in real life. So yeah, please um email us and let us know if you've seen bat squatch. Or just email us and let us know anything at badtrippod at gmail.com. We just want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Just tell us stuff, you know? Especially. We have a question. Look, we, Shauna and I, have a follower on Instagram that we are like, do we know this person? Her name is so familiar. So should we be weird and and like call her out? Okay, can we call you out, Trisha? <laughs> do we know you? Trisha, in real life do we know you like are you from wisconsin do we know you from something or are you just like our long lost like soul sister what's going on yeah we gotta know um because literally since you started following us on instagram we're like this name sounds so familiar and like racking our brains and we don't want to like be super creepy and like stalk you online or anything so we just figured we'd ask but yeah we decided we had to ask because you commented on our instagram the other day and we were like oh my god it's it's our friend trisha <laughs> This is probably so creepy. We're she's probably so creepy. She's probably like, I've never met you in my life. I've listened to two episodes of your podcast. Leave me alone. <laughs> Please don't stop listening. Oh my goodness. Okay, now that we've fully embarrassed ourselves, um, let's do an ad break and then I want to hear what you have to give us. All right. We're gonna end on a kind of silly note. Yay. Okay, good, because we are now fully stalkers. <laughs> And we're back. 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 That was so good. I can't even handle it. <laughs> if you don't leave that in, I'm going <laughs> to. Never mind. Feast on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Have we said? I think we've said that on the podcast I think before. We have. If we haven't, it's just one of our weirdest favorite things to say. Is, yeah. Uh, it's. A threat. Yeah, it's a threat. I will feast on your ass. Yeah, it's not like I'm going to kick your ass. It's like feast. Yeah, but not in a sexual way. No, 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 no. Don't be. Just don't be like that. I mean, you can be like whatever you want. Well, yeah, do what you want, but don't turn ours into a sexual way. Yeah, we're innocent bystanders in this scenario. (laughs) The bystander effect. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Uh, so my story, um, I would like to start this by saying it does involve a dead animal. However, the animal was dead at the beginning of the story and it does not, it didn't die a painful or violent death. She knows that I am like the most sensitive with animals and she wouldn't do this if I couldn't handle it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I and she wouldn't it. do it anyways. Yeah. yeah. It's not like she like loves dead animals or whatever. <laughs> so this is, so it is like a little disturbing, but more than anything, it is kind of funny. Okay. All right. A comical animal death. So this is one. It's pretty. It's a pretty famous story, but it's not a true crime story. So you probably haven't heard it on like a true crime podcast. Oh. Um, this story is called the exploding whale. Oh my gosh! You know it. I've I've just heard of it. The fact that it happened. Okay. I don't know anything about it. Um, this is not like a one-time incident. Multiple whales have exploded around the world. Some because like their bodies the chemicals start to break down and then the sun will explode them somehow wait okay that's what that's the one i know of someone told me about that at work okay well that's not what happened here oh okay so in november of 1970 Ooh, ours are like the same around the same time yeah Ooh, so potentially the victim in your story could have seen this happen theoretically you're right so a dead sperm whale washed up on the shores of florence a small town on the coast of oregon 
And this posed a problem. It was not the first dead whale that had been found on Oregon's beaches, but it was the biggest. Usually they were gray whales, and this was a sperm whale. It was much bigger. It was like 45 feet long and around 16,000 pounds. Oh my God, 16,000 pounds? Yes, it was enormous. And you said 45 feet long? Yeah. Oh my God, it's just like almost as long as bat squatch's wings are wide. You're right. Honestly, bat squatch and this whale are one. They are one. <laughs> But really, that's a big ass whale. A very big whale. That's and a big ass whale. <laughs> Get a bucket and a mop for this big ass whale. <laughs> oh, no. Well, just you wait. They will need a bucket and a mop. Oh, dear Lord. Um, so it had begun to dececompose, which made it unbelievably stinky and also hard to transport because it was kind of like falling apart. A you like bit. mushy? I think so, yeah. Ooh. So, you know, they have to get rid of it somehow. They can't really just like bury it wait. because the tide will come and unbury it. Who's they? Like the, the state. Okay. State okay. officials. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, right. If they put it, if they try and bury it, then it'll just wash back up. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, they they don't have a lot of options. It's obvious what they have to do. Which is what? Get a time traveling laser and shoot it back in time and stop its death. I would have loved that, but that's not what happened either. Oh. In reality, the state highway department decided their best bet was to blow it up with half a ton of dynamite. That seems like truly the worst plan it does seem like a very bad plan apparently experts believed that i say experts loosely um <laughs> believed it would be basically like vaporized and like animals like seagulls would ultimately eat the tiny leftover pieces so they were gonna blow it towards the ocean so it's its remains would like go into the ocean and on the beach and be eaten by animals i feel as if they didn't think this through yeah so i guess like really one guy kind of orchestrated this whole thing and he said he was mad because his colleagues had gone hunting and kind of left him to deal with it. So, oh, my God. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to blow this fucker up. I think that might have been it. That is funny. Oh, shit. Was there like a town really close? I mean, there were the houses and stuff all around, right? Not right there. Okay. It was like a little bit outside of the town. But people did come to watch this happen. Oh, it was so, advertised. Like people knew about like it. Like locals came. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's like. It was near enough to town, but it, it wasn't like right next to someone's house. Or okay. Whatever. Okay. So as a 23 year old reporter, a man named Paul Lindman was there to witness it all unfold. Mm. Even though he was young, he was used to covering more hard hitting stories like the presidential primaries and prison riots. Mm. So he, he was pretty already well established in his career. And he was like, you really want me to go do this whale explosion? And his boss was like, yeah. And they actually like chartered a plane to fly him there. So he Whoa. was like, oh, I guess this is kind of a big deal. Like, okay. Oh, his PJ. Yeah, yeah. He got in the PJ and got, just sipped on over. He just like Instagrammed on the PJ and was like, hey. Anyone with tits can just get in a PJ. If you're pretty and have tits, you can have a PJ. Shout out to Lala from Hillbillies. PJ is private jet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, for the uninitiated and the poor. Sorry for the plebs. Just kidding. We've never ever been on a private jet. I don't even know if I've ever seen a private jet. All right. So Paul gets there along with the camera crew. And they go up to the beach and there are around like 75 people hanging out watching the whale. They're about a quarter of a mile away. Okay. Um, like the spectators are. But Paul gets to go closer. Ooh, he's got that media badge. <laughs> yeah, he does. But he's not like right next to the whale because that's like kind of, you know. He's not right next to the whale because then he would blow up. Yes, precisely. Be Sorry, be vaporized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we all know dynamite just vaporizes things. Yeah, that's why like coal miners don't have any issues because they just, you know, the coal just vaporizes. You know, like it's like a vape, 
it's not bad if it's a vape. You yeah, know? it's healthy and it's watermelon flavored. So you can smoke the dead whale all you want. <laughs> I love smoking a dead whale. <laughs> okay, so Paul's there, right? And he's walking around interviewing people. He doesn't really think it's a good idea to blow up this whale, but he's like, I don't know, I'm just a reporter. What do I know? Right. But when he's talking to some of the town officials and state officials and stuff, he's like, hmm, these people don't seem super confident in this plan either. Interesting. But they pressed on. Of course they did. Because one dude was like, this is happening. And everyone else was like, well, okay. Yeah. So here's a photo of Paul standing in front of the whale carcass. This is like a still from the newscast. I'm obsessed with paul he is so cute okay first of all he doesn't look 23 no oh my god i forgot he was 23 he i was looks like 35 i was gonna say he's probably about 35 no okay he's 23 going on 40 and he has this like blonde hair with bangs and he's just like i don't know he just looks innocent and he's just chilling he's like kind of like why am i here holding a microphone dead whale carcass yeah that's that's about it he's just like this young sprightly man i don't know why i said sprightly that was weird he's sprightly it's like kind of a gloomyish day you know this is a wild situation yeah all right so now we're gonna watch it go down we're gonna watch it yeah okay we'll post a little clip of this on our instagram hopefully it doesn't get taken down (laughs) and then also again on our episode guide at badtrippod.com yes guys i'm about to watch a whale blow up And keep in mind, this is, you know, footage from 1970, so it's not the greatest quality, but we probably don't want to see it in HD, to be honest. If it's not 4K, I'm not watching it. (laughs) Holy shit. (gasps) It's raining well. Oh, it's raining whale. Oh, my God. It's raining whale. It was raining whale. Yeah. So um, as you can see, the whale was not vaporized. Twasn't. <laughs> Instead, chunks of whale blubber flew through the air, causing spectators to run for their lives. <laughs> and not only was there blubber flying through the air, but it was like orange and red and like bloody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a dead whale. Yeah. It was not pretty. Like organs and shit. Ugh. So as the reporter Paul Lindman put it on that fateful day, the blast blasted blubber beyond all believable bounds. That is amazing. The sand dunes there were covered with spectators and land lubber newsmen shortly to become land blubber newsmen for the blast blasted blubber beyond all believable bounds. So beautiful. I wonder if he came up that ahead of time. I hope so. I mean, I hope not. I hope he did it in the moment. I feel like because he wasn't prepared for this. He didn't. Yeah, he. I feel like he was like, mm, that could happen, though. I think he had an inkling. <laughs> but also he like added it in the news package later, so he probably could have just like said it later. Oh, there you go. That's true. There was another reporter for another station named Larry Bacon, and he later said, all of a sudden there was this hundred foot geyser of blood, blubber and sand going up into the sky. It was like a blubber snowstorm with tiny particles of blubber floating down after the big chunks. Ew! This is gross, but it's not like actively violent. It's just like nasty. Wow. Wow. Uh, I'm just horrified. Yeah. And some pieces were so big that they caused property damage. (gasps) 
In fact, one chunk destroyed a car that was a quarter mile from the blast. Oh, my God. That means if it hit someone at like square on the head, it would have fucking knocked him out. Yeah, seriously. Like, how'd you get your concussion? A whale blubber. Yeah. Well, fortunately, no people were seriously injured. I don't know if there were small injuries, but everyone yeah. was fine. But yeah, it could have definitely hurt or killed someone holy but jesus so here's a picture of the blast it's a little clearer than the stills from the video yeah that's insane and you can very clearly see the red the blood the blood the innards um and then there's also a photo of the crushed car and the state of oregon had to pay this guy or buy this guy a new car it is straight up like it fell on the kind of trunk and backseat area and the trunk went straight up in the air like it crushed the metal it really did wowza i mean sixteen thousand pound whale and a two-ton car like that whale's heavier Ugh. yeah well what was left of the whale which was actually still like a big chunk of it unsurprisingly oh god um they did bury it on the beach they brought in like a bulldozer and covered it up so i guess it was enough I don't know. I think they just gave up, to be honest. I just am like, why couldn't you guys have gotten a bulldozer and like loaded it into a truck and gone and dumped it? Like, yeah. But, I mean, also imagine the smell of this thing. Like horrific. People said that the, you know, they got like coated in blubber. So they smelled it for like days. They couldn't get out of their clothes. It was like, yeah, nasty. Oh, it's like. Think of when you like, um, I don't know, mix cookie dough with your hands and then you have butter all over your hands. And when you wash them, you feel like you can't get clean. Yeah. Even if you use like, you know, like dish soap, Dawn, it like won't come off. Dawn, the best dish soap ever. <laughs> um, sponsor us. But yeah, it's it, just. It's the only thing that gets whale blubber off my hands. <laughs> I use Dawn for all my whale blubber needs. <laughs> I literally used to want to work for Dawn because they always had commercials and they did a lot of stuff with like cleaning the animals that were in oil spills because their shit does good work. <laughs> Powerful. Oh, man. OK, so I mean, imagine a baby duckling covered in oil. I know I'm getting washed off by my man. Hands. I know. <laughs> so um, back to this whale, you know, rest in peace. Whaley. Whaley. Last year, in memory of the incident, the city of Florence, Oregon, renamed one of its parks as Exploding Whale Memorial Park. They did not. They did. It was like voted on by the townspeople. I don't know why I say townspeople. Like it's like. <laughs> like they gathered in the center with their pitchforks and they all <laughs> took a vote. Exactly. But this is a picture of the new sign outside of Exploding Whale Memorial Park. Oh, what is that mascot? It's a whale. Is he a furry? It's not a furry. It's an unexploded whale. He's there for the furry meetup. That is so cute. Very cute. I'm loving the sign. It really has a big whale on it. Yeah, it's like very cartoonish. It's not there's no explosion involved in the in the sign. It's a photo of the inside of a decaying whale carcass <laughs> with people with giant forks taking big bites. And then there's other people like running away from it. Yeah. And someone's like dropping dynamite. It's like Wiley e. Coyote is like throwing dynamite in there. Exactly. That's what it is. You described it perfectly. Yes. So Paul Lindman, the reporter, still gives interviews about the incident today, and he has a good sense of humor about being known as the guy at the whale explosion. Like, he says pretty much every day of his life, someone will recognize him. Wow. Or when they find out what he does and right. he was there, whatever. He even wrote a book about it. Um, I mean, how long is the book? Well, it's like, it's called, I don't remember the exact title, but something like, you know, The Whale Explosion and Other Stories. Oh, I'm like, it's a leaflet. So he he actually, like I said, covered a lot of like more hard hitting stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's really what he was passionate about. So he kind of used this as his like foot in the door. People were interested in the whale. Yeah. And then the, he would like put in the other information too. The whale title is like the clickbait of yeah, the 70s. Yeah, exactly. 
He even has a vanity plate on his car that says explode. Oh, my God. I love this man. He is so cool. Wow. That's him in 2020. Yeah. He is just the best. I don't even I've literally never golfed. I mean, I've like driven the golf cart and had some beers, but I want to go golfing with this man. Yeah. He just I mean, he looks like an old white guy who golfs and yeah, likes to talk about exploding whales. And like talks about his old stories of being a journalist and like going to all this shit. I mean, that's crazy. He was 23. Yeah. So I can only imagine what else his career had in store for him. Maybe (laughs) I'll have to look this book up. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. So maybe we should get it. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. We're going to do like a dramatic reading of the whale story. Oh, my goodness gracious. We should. Yes. Uh, but um, yeah, that's the end of that. If you're interested in more, like I said, he's done a lot of interviews. You can just look him up. He's been on podcasts and, you know, all kinds of stuff. That's so cool. I love that he goes around and still talks about it. Yeah. Especially 2020 was the 50th anniversary. Oh. So it was like a new crop of articles about it. Oh, my God. And also this video like in the early days of the internet i don't remember what year but this video got put up online and went sort of like viral it was one of the first videos to really go viral Ooh, so he just like conquered a bunch of fronts yeah it's just had like several resurgences <laughs> oh my god now put it on tiktok yeah oh my gosh Ooh, yeah i'm actually going to that's a great idea ticky talky So that's it. That's my story. Wow. This, I don't know. This episode was a wild ride. It was. Damn. From bat squatch to mercury fillings to (laughs) exploding whales. Yeah. To like someone naming a clay rendering the real name of the person that was missing. So wild. That fooks me up. It's really crazy. To us inadvertently stalking one of our Instagram followers. Oh my God. I already already blacked that out of my mind. I'm so sorry. Ugh. But really, like, email us, <laughs> DM oh us. Okay, so next week, we'll be back with another Oregon story. I am going to go ahead and give you guys some weird laws that probably shouldn't still exist in Oregon. And I'm also going to tell you some pit stops. And Shauna requested last time that we go creepier. So we're going to go creepier. Yeah, I'm excited. We're going to get real freaky with it. Um, And then I'm going to tell you a little bit of a longer story. Yeah. So come back next Tuesday. We got some more bullshit to spew with you. (laughs) Yes. Thank you guys for listening. We would very much appreciate any reviews on Apple Podcasts because that helps other people find our show and listen to this nonsense. We would appreciate positive reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you listen this far, I hope. Like, if you don't like us, you should have turned us off a long time ago. And if you have, (laughs) like, you know, constructive criticism, email us badtrippod at gmail.com. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's it. I'm done. I'm like mom on the phone. I'm done. (laughs) That's how she hangs up with us. She's like, all right, love you. Done. Yeah, done. Yesterday I was talking to her and she's like, we both kind of just took a sign. She's like, are we done? And I was like, I think we're done. (laughs) She's like, love you. Bye. I love that. I know. It's so good. The best. And also we're recording this on our dad's birthday. So shout out. Happy birthday, dad. Yes. By the time you hear this, it will no longer be your birthday, but that's okay. Yeah, but it's your birthday today. And you know, we love you. Okay. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time on this bad trip.